Hey friend, welcome to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm your host, Emily Nichols. I'm a self-care coach who is on a mission to help you get your body and mind fit through simple and sustainable self-care habits. And I get it. I'm a busy working boy mom who used to feel like a hot mess all the time until I found a solution, my own self-care routine. And friend, I want that for you too. Join us each week to hear attainable self-care tips for all areas of your life from my amazing guests or quickie episodes with me sharing my own experiences and professional wellness knowledge. After each episode, you'll leave with an action plan to start making self-care a priority in your life and get your body and mind fit. So grab a cup of coffee, glass of wine, or your favorite sparkling water, and let's do this. You're listening to episode 86 of the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. Hey gang, thanks for joining in again. If my voice sounds a little weird or if I'm going in and out, I apologize. My voice has been gone and back and gone and back all week. I think I'm just getting used to coaching on the mic again in these super early mornings I'm doing at Orange Theory. I'm loving it though. So great to be back to coaching in person. But obviously I need my voice for the podcast, but I couldn't wait to record this episode any longer because I was so excited to share this conversation with you today. Before we get into our conversation though, I want to remind you to head on over to the show notes Sign up to be a part of my weekly newsletter community or my free Facebook community. I have a super fun, big, huge announcement about the future of this podcast happening a week from today, next Monday the 15th. And my folks in my newsletter and Facebook community are always the first to find out because they're like my people. They're part of my community. You're part of there too, but I want to take it the next step with you. Like, let's be like closer friends. Like, let's let's do that. Let's take that next step. So we do have a lot of fun over in the community as well. And I promise I don't spam. I just send a fun self-care love note every week to kind of help inspire you throughout your week. But like I said, there's some changes coming with the podcast over the next week. And I can't wait to share it with you all, but I'm going to share it with my VIP folks over there. So head on over to the show notes if you would like to be a member too. I'm really excited. I'm really nervous. It's like one of those, oh, I got butterflies and I feel like I could throw up at the same time. But it's all good. It's all good. And I'll explain more next week. And here's a little spoiler, spoiler alert for you, my podcast listener. There may be a bonus episode coming out later this week with some more hints and information for you and possibly a fun giveaway to get some fun coaching from me as well. So stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed as well to the show. That way you get notifications every time a new show drops. So Let's get into today's episode. We are talking about what does real food freedom look like? And we're going to be debunking diet culture lies with my friend, Whitney Stewart. I met Whitney through Whole30. She was a Whole30 certified coach like I am. And I just love following her online to tell you the truth. She's so smart. She's such a voice of reason when it comes to what true food freedom looks like. And she works with such a variety of clients and comes from such a knowledgeable background. I really trust what she has to say. So I really wanted her to come on the show to share this knowledge with you as well. There's so many diets out there, you guys, and it's so confusing. That's why the diet industry is like a bajillion, zillion industry is because 
diets don't work or it, something may work for one person but it doesn't work for another and it's really hard along your health journey to figure out what's right with you so we're going to be talking about what that true food freedom looks like and really getting rid of what those diet culture lies have told us so let me tell you a little bit about Whitney she's pretty much a nutrition expert she's been in practice as a clinical dietitian slash nutritionist and certified diabetic educator for the past five years. And she has a virtual practice practice called Witness Nutrition, W-H-I-T-N-E-S-S. I love that play on her name, Whitney. And she pretty much educates the masses on evidence-based nutrition concepts with an emphasis on real food for real joy. I love that so much. She works with a wide variety of patients and delivers customized programs just based on their specific barriers, lifestyles, and goals. And um, she has a cute little Aussie named Jax who was on the podcast as well while we were chatting as well. Um, But I really wanted to bring her on, like I said, because she's such a voice of reason. And I think she may bring some clarity to you today as far as what food freedom can look like for you and maybe start you down your journey as far as finding your true version of food freedom as well. It's a never-ending journey and it's going to change just like your self-care journey does as well. But I think she's going to really provide some insight and shed some lights for us today. So sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with my friend, Whitney Stewart. All right, gang, thank you again so much for tuning in to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm here with my friend, Whitney Stewart. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't chatted with you in a while, so I was really excited to talk to you this morning and catch up more so than anything. I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. So, well, Whitney, I ask every guest this first question. So, Whitney, what does self-care mean to you? So self-care is um, specifically um, the actions we take that benefit our health, our mind, body, our soul um, for the long term, not an instantaneous Mm. outcome. Yeah. And I think that that was a really hard learning lesson for me early on is what self-care actually looked like. Um, versus what I was being told it looked like, what I was being um, kind of shooted on about what it should look like and what it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you mentioned it's for the long term. It's not like an instant gratification. It's actually hard work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I feel like a lot of the self-care kind of, we were talking a little bit before the show, but um self-care is sold to us as something that you can like buy on the shelf or like grab at the spa. And oftentimes like self-care is that thing that you need that you really don't want to address. That's like back in that closet that you're like, Oh, I really don't want to have to go through that box. I really don't want to have to do that, that work on that area. And I feel like that's where we get the greatest self-care. Yeah, absolutely. I could talk about that just for this whole show, but we are going to (laughs) (laughs) move on. But Whitney, I would love for you to share a little bit more about your story, kind of who you are, your life experiences that have kind of led you to who you are today and what you do today. Yeah. So I'm Whitney Stewart. Um, I am 30 I live in Dallas, Texas. I grew up in Seattle. Um, only child, big, beautiful, loving family. Um, Swiss farmers. 
my dad passed away when I was nine. He um, was like my best friend, closest thing to me. And I knew that after he passed that I wanted to do something that meant something with my life. Um, but I also knew that I wanted to serve people. And so I had the idea that I always wanted to be a doctor um, because I thought that that would be a way to provide for my mom as well. When I got into school, I was diagnosed with celiac after years of them thinking it was something else, along with mono and GERD and IBS and you name it. Um, and along with the doctor who finally listened and ran me through what was kind of like a whole 30, to be honest, um, I went into college with a new celiac diagnosis and it rocked my world. Um, and that brought on um, under eating, disorder eating, food fear, so many things. And I realized that maybe if I was going to be a doctor, that the better fit um, instead of being an OB um, was to look at being a dietitian and to work with people closely on what I had experienced. And so I became a dietitian. I did my rotations here in Dallas. And specifically now I work um, a lot with women who have kind of spent their whole lives um, doing the should and not doing what they need. And we try to look back at how can we actually fuel your body in the way that you need to succeed for micronutrients, macronutrients, energy. Um, and it's really fulfilling to work with people on adding things to their life instead of pulling things out of it. Mm, I love that adding instead of pulling. Well, and like you said, diet culture, we've been shoulded our whole lives of what we our should have or should lives. not have. Yes. It's confusing. Yes. Yeah. It's so yeah. confusing. So, well, let's dig into that a little bit more because I feel like there are just, especially with social media, adds a whole nother level of far as far as seeing people doing various diets or protocols, even like the whole 30s. You know, there's keto, there's Weight Watchers, if it fits your macros. I mean, there's probably like mm -hmm. 20 million others out there that I know you've probably heard a lot about. And, you know, some of these might be really great tools for the short term, maybe to learn a little bit more about your body. But I think because we come from such a diet culture, sometimes these can be more harmful. And I kind of want to just learn a little bit more about your opinion on this. Yeah. So I, I always tell my patients that I hate to be the black and white that I want to be the gray area. Like I want to listen and I want to understand and I want to be open to whatever they want to do. Um, and because I also work clinically, I work with patients um, who are type one and type two diabetic and they've tried the gamut of things yeah. to reduce insulin or improve their weight. And so I have to be really open-minded with that. Um, and the one question that I always start with for with whatever they're doing is, is it sustainable? Mm. And so I think a lot of times the way that we are marketed is do this now and it will fix things forever. And we know that it's like, do this action repeatedly and get better at it. And that's going to be helpful for the long term, right? But there's not usually anything that we can do once that fix our problems forever, yeah, right? So we talk about sustainability. And then we also talk about what are we going to learn from this process? Mm. Because oftentimes 
Um, I have patients who are very good at following rules, but they don't ever learn anything. And so when the rules are over, they're left without anything. And that's a really uncomfortable feeling for them. And so we talk about, you know, if you do this program, is it going to make you more aware of the energy you need? Is it going to make you more aware of the types of foods that make you feel good and bad? Um, are you going to learn to cook? Are you going to explore the grocery store? You know, are there benefits of it? Or is it mostly something that's kind of an instantaneous fix? I think we don't give ourselves enough time to watch our bodies change and learn how to hear what our bodies are telling us. We are looking for a quick fix. So even like a 30 day program or even tracking your macros for a few months, it's not going to be overnight and things are going to change. I mean, hello, 2020, that was a whole season we've been going through and your schedule changed, your sleep changed, your stress and anxiety levels changed. So what you had been doing may not be working anymore. And that's really frustrating. And it's that vicious cycle then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I have a patient who um, recently came to me because she wanted to lose weight. And then, you know, as we really dove in we were talking about, you know, identity and value and how she, um, looks at herself and she's had a really hard time recently because she's always dictated her energy needs on the way that her body looks and not what her body feels. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of us, we're used to saying, I want to look like that. And in order to look like that, I need to eat this, which is very different than self-care or actual health where we say, my body is saying I need this. And so I'm going to eat this. Yeah. It's more of a feeling you want to feel a certain way. And I feel like the aesthetics mm -hmm. kind of follow along yeah. with that really. Yeah. And I think for, you know, right now, you know, we're right past 2020 and where everyone wants to erase it and we're in resolution season. So we're in that quick fix season. And I think that we all want things to be fixed overnight. And it's hard when we focus on health first because health happens and then aesthetics follow. But oftentimes the aesthetics we want or what we're expecting are not always the outcome. And that's also hard. Yeah. Well, we're because all health doesn't look the way that we think. Yeah. Maybe. Well, when we're all so different too, cause you know, like your BFF may be doing something and you're like, Oh my gosh, she lost 10 pounds. I should try that. And then you're like, I haven't lost any weight or I don't look like her. And it's like, well, yes, you're built differently. Your body chemistry is different. Everything's different yeah. within your life. And we just have to stop comparing ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about intuitive eating, because I mm -hmm. am seeing this all over the place. A lot of dietitians talking about people getting certified in intuitive eating mm -hmm. or whatnot. And I think the concept is wonderful. And I kind of understand it coming from a food freedom perspective and my own wellness journey, what that means. But for someone coming strongly, deeply rooted in diet culture, intuitive eating, I think could be really confusing or almost kind of harmful if it's coming from someone who's not trained properly in what intuitive eating means. So 
for you, what do you think of this intuitive eating movement? And I just so curious to hear your opinion. So I have had my own journey with intuitive eating. Um, and, you know, to give some background during college, I probably tried, like I, I did, I tried every diet on the market. Like, and part of it was, um, for research, because I was like, I'm going to be a dietitian and I need to know what's out there. You know what people have tried. And then the other part was that I am type A OCD. I love rules. I love control. Like the more rules you give me, the better I do. Um, and in college, like that was my way of like having something to be successful with. And so when I first heard of intuitive eating, I was like, oh, that's for people who have given up. Like I was like, oh, this is for people who are trying to find like an excuse, you know, to not follow the rules. Mm-hmm. I'm craving uh, ice cream. I, so I'm going to eat ice cream. Yeah. I was like, oh, is this the, is this the YOLO diet? Right. <laughs> like seafood diet. Like I want it. I see it. I eat it. Like yeah. I did not understand at all the principles. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of it was because I wasn't in a place where I needed, needed it either. Mm-hmm. Um, or that I knew that I needed it. I was in that I'm doing the self-care that mainstream America tells me I should. So I don't need this intuitive eating practice, mm-hmm. right? I want a cookie. I'm just going to eat a quest bar instead. Mm-hmm. So then I started, um, counseling in therapy a couple of years back after, five of the girls in my Bible study being like, Hey, you've done a lot of work, but in order to do more work, you're going to have to use a professional and that's totally okay. And we started talking a little bit about intuitive eating and having it presented from a professional was a lot different than reading about it or hearing blips about it from somebody, you know, at a dinner party. Mm -hmm. And it was really the first thing that kind of converted me um, into now being like a devout follower and lover of Evelyn Tribole, who created um, this idea of intuitive eating and all of her workshops and certifications are through her, um, was the idea of joyful movement. Mm -hmm. And I had never thought about fitness Like I loved fitness, but I also loved it for the numbers. I loved it for the caloric burn for like the, Ooh, look how um, efficient you are. Mm -hmm. And it scared me to think about exercise without a number attached. Like, what if I don't, what if I didn't know how far I ran or what if I didn't know what my pace was? Like that was so scary to me. And also though, it was like a challenge. Like I was like, people are doing this, like people are doing this and living healthy lives. And that was kind of my first turning point of like, okay, I want to know more about this because I think I was craving that. I think I wanted a way to feel like I didn't have to go to the gym and burn 500 calories before I left because that was my rule in college. I wanted an escape from that. And this seems like an escape. Hey gang, cutting in real quick to tell you about my favorite meal delivery service, Cooked. 
They are a Chicago-based meal delivery service, and let me tell you, my family is obsessed. So Cooked offers chef-crafted meals that are cooked simply with only the purest ingredients, and they have three different meal types. So they have signature whole food meals, plant-based, vegetarian meals, and even better, Whole30 approved meals. They're an official Whole30 approved meal delivery service. In my husband's last round of his Whole30, this was a game changer. It made his Whole30 even easier, and me too, so I wasn't cooking on the meals, and the meals were delicious. We're still ordering them every week within our food freedom. So head over to eatcooked.us and you can use the code EMILYNICHOLS15 to receive 15% off your first order, and then EMILYNICHOLS5 for every order after that to receive 5% off your meals. So go check out eatcooked.us and let me know your favorite cooked meal that you receive. You're gonna love it. That's so interesting. I bet that was hard for you, you know, not to know that calorie burn, especially being black and white, wanting to know the numbers Mm -hmm. and the data. It's, it's hard to turn that mindset around or even to, you know, go into exercise with joyful movement as the intention and knowing that I'm doing this just because it makes me feel good. Like it fills my spirit and my soul to like move my body and be joyful instead of seeing it as a chore and as a way to lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it took, it took a long time. My, um, my best friend kind of jokes with me because we, we love hard workouts. Like it's our favorite thing. We meet up like mm-hmm. most Saturday mornings and do a really hard workout together. And it's, it's not because we're like, Oh, I like had so many margaritas last night. You know, it's just like, Oh, I'm so excited to take this new instructor. Um, or like that playlist is bomb. Mm-hmm. But in the opposite, I would never take yoga. I would never take Pilates. So my ability to have like aerobic capacity and not anaerobic capacity or my ability for my body to recover and not have crazy high cortisol levels all the time was non-existent. Like I didn't allow myself to do a variety of workouts. I told myself that only the ones that burnt calories, only the hard ones were worth it. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way with intuitive eating, it was really interesting to see like, oh, like, well, it would be better to have the dessert that you really want and that you're craving instead of binging on diet food that doesn't satisfy you because your brain knows what it needs. Mm-hmm. And so it was a slight shift. But for me, like it started with that fitness and then it moved into nutrition through their principles. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I so relate to that. Um, Two years ago, my cortisol levels were insane. And I was like, what's the problem? I'm working out so hard. I'm so fit. (laughs) I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I went and saw a um, nutritional or a functional doctor. And they were like, your cortisol levels are really high. And I was training for their and we were friends outside of her practice. She was, and I know you're training for a half marathon. You keep going to all these orange theory classes and I see you doing this. And I'm like, yeah, she's like, you got to rest. 
<laughs> but it wasn't intuitive to me and I wasn't listening yeah. to my body. And once I started, you know, I am very religious now about taking at least one to two rest days a week, sometimes more, just depending on what's going on in my life. And I love how you said that just carried into how you saw food. Cause it's like, okay, if mm -hmm. I'm really craving this, you know, actually, you know, go, go into that craving versus like you said, binging. I mean, I've binge on cookie dough, Laura bars plenty of times because I was like, oh, this is better than having like an actual brownie. And I'm like, those are actually really good. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? So having like the actual chips ahoy, you know, where I would yeah. probably, you know, just for my own food freedom, be like, okay, I just want to have a couple and that's fine. And that's all I really wanted. Mm -hmm. um, it's just giving yourself which, grace. Well, and which brings up a really good point is that, um, like you can't intuitive eat if you, one, if you don't know what it is. And two, it, it's not that, I think for me, I will tell patients like um, food freedom and intuitive eating is not a free for all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I used to think it was, yeah. is that if I do this, I'm throwing all caution to the wind and I'm not considering my nutrition at all. And that's not it. You know, like, oh, I still eat like a healthful, balanced diet, but instead of ignoring my needs and ignoring my body for like an aesthetic goal or um, something outside of me, like I try to really listen to what that is. And I think it, like you're saying, like you have to give yourself grace because sometimes it gets really messy. Like it's really uncomfortable for your body to say like, I'm still hungry. But when you lean into that and you eat because you're hungry mm -hmm. and then you naturally aren't like overeating at 10 o'clock at night because you built yourself what I call like a diet debt throughout mm -hmm. the day, mm -hmm. then you're suddenly in awe of your body's ability to, oh my gosh, not overeat all the time because you leaned into what it wanted the first time. Yeah. I love that. Well, what does food freedom mean to you now at this point in your life? Hmm. I think food freedom now is like the ability to be around food without feeling the need to uh, jump in, like jump all in because it's going to be the last time I ever have it or to not feel, to feel, um, at peace and to feel unrestricted around food. Yeah. I think to not see it as good or bad, um, to not give it a label for it to just be like, this is, this is all food. This is okay. Um, and for somebody who has dietary restrictions, like I'm, I can't do gluten as a celiac. I can't do dairy. There's already so many rules that food freedom to me is like the least rules possible and to feel comfortable being in that area. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that so much. And that's the thing. Everyone's definition of food freedom is completely ju different. Just like how everyone's mm -hmm. definition of self-care is completely different. And I feel like food freedom is kind of a term where it's like, well, I don't know what that really means, but you have to kind of go through your own journey to figure out what it looks like to you. But like, like you said, you already have some rules because physically or it, how these foods will make you feel you're choosing not to eat them. You have that data about yourself. 
Mm-hmm. It, you don't want to restrict everything because that's that's not fun. That's not sustainable like you brought up earlier in the show. Yeah. Well, and I think the definition we look at is that like I have some patients who are like, oh, well, like I had, you know, two bottles of wine with my girlfriends last night and like six brownies. Like I'm just like living my food freedom. And I'm like, oh, okay. But like, are you hungover today? Like, did you sleep last night? Like, and so I think there's that line of like, okay, is it food freedom or is it a food free for all? Um, And so we talk about like, is it safe? Is it healthy for my body? Mm-hmm. And so like, is a cookie safe? Absolutely. Is it fine and healthy for your body? Absolutely. Is like 14 cookies? Probably not. That's probably going to cause some like overload in a lot of ways, right? Is it going to wreck your sleep? And so even with food freedom, like, I think a lot of people look at it as like, oh, like, she's using that as an excuse to eat whatever she wants. But again, like it's not a free for all. It's okay. It's just accepting our body's intuitive signs instead of listening to a rule outside ourselves. Well, I think it's the same thing with intuitive eating. Like you mentioned, it doesn't mean it's a free for all. Like I'm craving brownies and wine. So I'm going to eat the whole pan of brownies and a bottle and a half of wine. It's, it's, that's not being, um, respectful of your body also. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's that like, we're used to when like that happens, like it's very much a response to diet culture because we know we're either on or we're off. So it's like zero or a hundred all the time. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, what's that gray area? Like how can we stay in that middle area most of the time so that we're not going to extremes? Because we don't tend to make the best decisions in either extreme restriction or extreme indulgence. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Don't be one or the other, just be in the middle. And that's gray for everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That gray area is really hard to define. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Whitney, I so enjoyed this conversation with you. Can you tell everyone a little bit about what's next for you or where we can connect with you online? Yeah. So um, my practice is Witness Nutrition. We are entirely virtual. We see patients across the nation for nutritional counseling in both basic preventative health and diabetes. We focus on real food for real joy. So we'll be taking patients early March. So if you're interested in working with us or joining one of our group programs, check us out at Witness Nutrition. Real food, real joy. I love that so much. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for this conversation. I feel like you really educated us more um, on just how to, like I mentioned, just being respectful of your body and living your life and not living from one extreme to another, because honestly, that's not sustainable or fun in the long term. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Whitney, thank you so much for this conversation. Gang, I hope you were taking notes. I know when I listen back, I always listen back to my interviews with my guests and I take notes down so I can share my biggest takeaways. And I took so many notes. So much light shed for us today from Whitney, which I knew she would do that. So I hope you took some notes too and gained some wisdom as I know you did from Whitney. But let's get into my three biggest takeaways from this conversation with Whitney Stewart. Number one, no diet is sustainable. No way, no how. You cannot do any diet the rest of your life. You just cannot. Like Whitney mentioned, it's helpful info to learn about yourself now, 
but take that with you for the long term. You know, when you're trying something like a protocol, like the Whole30, for example, Whitney and I are both Whole30 certified coaches. It's a protocol to learn something about yourself. We would never recommend you doing a Whole30 the rest of your life. That's not sustainable. That's not fun. That's not real. That is not real life. If you restricted some foods for the rest of your life just because of the way they made you feel mentally, over time, it would, you, it, you'd be face first in a box of donuts or something. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. That's just not fun doing that. So if you are doing some type of protocol like the Whole30 or following something as directed by your doctor, you're doing that because you want to learn something about yourself. So if you are starting some type of protocol or program, remember, it is not sustainable the rest of your life. It has an end date for a reason. There's a reason why the diet industry is a bajillion, zillion industry. So you need to think about this for the long haul. Remember, there is no finish line when it comes to your health. Number two, this was a good one. We put so much value on the way we look which is okay. You know, I want to look good in a pair of jeans, feel good in whatever I'm wearing and feel good in my own skin. But that's, that's the difference though. It's the way you feel, you know, it's the way you feel about yourself. Like Whitney mentioned, which was so important. Health happens first, then the aesthetics come. Then you start looking good in your jeans. Then you start seeing these other um, snowball effects happening in your life. But also the reality is sometimes the way you look is not going to happen. You know, I have wider hips. I feel like I have bigger calves or whatever than what society tells me I'm supposed to have. No matter what I do, it's probably not going to get smaller. And I have to be okay with that, right? I have to be okay with the way I look and not compare myself to someone else and just feel confident. The aesthetics are okay. You want to feel and look good, but we need to put more emphasis on the way you feel and just give yourself more grace and patience because that health is going to happen first before the aesthetics. There is no overnight pill, no overnight 30 day thing, one year thing. It's a long time journey and you just have to be patient and be along for the ride. And number three, I love this so much when Whitney was talking about really just what true food freedom looks like. I This is personal to everybody, but I really, this really rang true for me as well. But just feeling at peace with your choices in regards to your food. No labels on food. Nothing is no longer good or bad. You're just eating to feel your best mentally and physically. And if you go and have tons of chips and queso and margaritas with your girlfriends, if that was worth it for you, then own it. It was worth it for you. Don't go and like work off all the calories, you know, at a class the next day, unless you're going for joyful movement, like Whitney mentioned as well. I love that one too. That can be takeaway three a. <laughs> and also, you know, she mentioned, you know, as far as, you know, feeling at peace and not being un, under, stop being unrestricted, don't be restricted is what I'm trying to say when it comes to your food choices. But she also mentioned no more being on or off a diet. Like what's that gray middle area where we're not going from one extreme to another? Like we're going to the extreme diet wise, you know, we're working out, we're counting our calories every single little one, counting our carbs, doing this, doing that. 
Or are we on the other extreme where we're overindulging and not taking care of our bodies and not moving our bodies? What is that middle ground? And it really, gang, it all comes down to just being respectful of your body. Okay, just to be super real with you here. You're only given one body. You don't get a new one, okay? You do not get a new one. So this all comes down to just being respectful of your body, but also being respectful of your mind and your heart. You know, sometimes certain foods are worth it to you. Sometimes your mind messes with you and you have to just learn to forgive yourself and move on based on your food choices. Diet culture has taught us to restrict to work our butts off, literally. And we're all trying to do that and we're not happy. We're tired and we're hungry. (laughs) We're tired and we're hungry. And what real food freedom looks like, like Whitney mentioned, and what I'll kind of reiterate as well, especially for what real food freedom looks like to me, it means enjoying chocolate chip cookies. It means having chips and queso and margaritas with my friends, but it doesn't mean me having the whole pitcher of margaritas to myself because I know I'm going to feel like crap the next day and probably the next day afterwards because let's face it, I'm almost 40. It takes me like two days to recover now, but also, you know, just the cookie thing. I could have a couple of chocolate chip cookies and be totally satisfied or I'll have the whole package of chocolate chip cookies and feel like crap the next day. And gang, this is not something I've learned overnight and I'm not perfect at it. And I've learned to give myself grace, forgive myself and move on because I got bigger things to worry about than food. Okay. That's what true food freedom looks like to me. And I hope you can start down that journey and find it for you. So gang, if you love today's show, please leave me five stars in iTunes and write out a review if you really love today's conversation with Whitney Stewart. I know so many of you are going to just totally relate to what she talked about today and hopefully you took some notes as well. And like I said, come over to the show notes because you can join my Facebook community and newsletter because we got some exciting announcements coming. I can't wait. I'm so excited, so nervous. This is all about growth. You know, the show will be two in August. I'll be 40 in August. And it's time to level up what we're doing based on the feedback I've received just from the leveling up I've done personally and professionally. And I can't wait to help more women redefine what self-care looks like for them, starting with their fitness, nutrition, and mindset, and just living a life where you just feel lit up and on fire and empowered and confident because we all deserve that, right? Right. All right, gang, tune in. Like I said, there might be a bonus episode later this week and a super big announcement coming this next Monday. So until then, sending you all lots of love and I will see you next time. Bye.